Hi, everybody, here with Bob, and Bob is going to read us his email to get started. Dear Stefan, I'm 23 years old, and I still live with my mother, younger brother, who's 15, and stepfather. I'm trying my hardest to move out as I quit uni and started an internship so I can get money and leave as soon as possible. I've never met my father. He left when I was three months old. I had a few Skype conversations with him until I was 15, which was when he started to say terrible things about my mother, so I told him to swivel on it. Uh, my A score is six, so not that bad. I also live in a country where neither of my parents are from, which I think plays into what I feel in the coming paragraphs. My brother is uh, my half-brother. However, I would never call him that because I love him dearly. This makes it all the worse that it seems like he has absolutely no interest in, no interest in spending time with me, which is why I've stopped trying. He definitely has a social media phone addiction, which I attribute to the two other things which I might touch upon later, or if you decide... Uh, my, sto my story is worthy. We can talk about it on the show. I don't believe I've had any dodgy sexual experiences when I was younger, but I got beat up and bullied on a daily basis in school, hit with belts, stripped, and then locked out of the locker room, etc. I didn't mention this to my mother until later, and she never took it seriously and asked, well, if you had, if you had told me, I would have stepped in. I do, I do believe she would have uh, but from listening to your shows, this is also a form of disconnection. I asked I ask myself, how did you not know? She did, however, go out guns blazing when the teachers were making fun of me for being dyslexic, among other things. My mother can be very fierce. My stepfather is was a functional alcoholic. He made a lot of money and worked for a huge finance company where I live, where everyone thought he was a great guy, which he was when he isn't drunk. But as you say, that doesn't change that he is, that he is a complete scumbag of a human being. He would come home and that's when the shitstorm would commence. The reason I put stepfather in quotation marks is that my mother and he are not really together anymore and they've had separate bedrooms since I can remember. I don't really understand how they have how they ever started living together. I've never asked, now I'm thinking about it. He didn't hit me when I was very young, but I remember when I was 16, I was in the garage with some friends and he came out absolutely pissed drunk and said he had, I had been smoking in the garage. I did smoke at the time, but not in the garage. Uh, he then threw a bottle at me and grabbed me by my arm. I took a beer bottle off the shelf and smashed it on his head and then ran. I stayed out all night that night. My mother did try to contact me, but I ignored her. I don't know why I've elaborated on this specific event, but it's something that has stuck with me. Uh, I love my brother and my mother, but I don't feel like we have much of a real connection at all. My stepfather, I don't mind when he's drunk, uh, when he's not drunk, but since he's now retired, he's drunk all the time. When I go to work at 6 a.m., I can already see him looking for alcohol in the fridge. When I come home, he wakes up on over and shouts at me be uh, because apparently I opened the door too noisily. Anyway, I wouldn't give a shit if he kneeled over and died. This actually almost happened when he passed out out of nowhere and had some sort of epileptic attack. This was maybe when I was 21 and my mother was screaming to call an ambulance. And for a brief second, I considered lying and saying that I had called the ambulance and letting him die. I did eventually call an ambulance, but I hate the fact that I even thought of doing that. I mentioned not living in a country where my parents are from. I did grow up in this country, and in many ways, I should be glad. I used to see my family members in my country of origin regularly. I used to think I had a great connection with them when I was younger, but as I grew older, I realized they didn't give a shit about me at all. As every time I've tried to meet them since, I've been I've been a grown-up. They have always found excuses, excuses not to. I used to look up to them a lot, but now I see how broken they are. Single dads, drug, drug addicts, violent violent to their kids. They didn't have a great youth either, which doesn't excuse it, but it does give an explanation. My dream of 
my dream or my goal in life is to have a family and to be the greatest dad my father never was because he is a pathetic loser and I wouldn't want my children to have to go through what I did, not having a father who even gave half a shit about them. I guess in a way I want to stick uh, I want to stick it to my inner dad. I don't know. My point is I've dated women and every time it's the same story. I feel like I don't know them at all. I feel like I can't build any kind of connection with anyone, to be honest. Again, the disconnection in my life, I feel with people in general. Friendships usually just die out. And the worst thing is I somehow don't care. I care because I know this isn't good for me, but I don't feel sad when it happens. I have one friend from my childhood and even with him, I don't feel much of a connection. I could go on with the childhood experiences with my family, friends and romantic, romantic relationships, but I guess my question is, how can I build emotional connections with people so I can build a healthy family? Because I stated earlier, I want to be the best dad possible, which entails also having the best mom for my children. And how can I be a great, the greatest father, find the best woman and not speak, not to speak of having a happy, healthy family when I can't build emotional connections to anyone. I don't think I've had the sincere connection to anyone that was mutual since the age of about 15. Stefan, please help me figure out how to build strong emotional connections to people around me that are worthy of it uh, because I will not have will not have kids with a woman I am not 100% certain I will spend the rest of my life with and possibly how to build a connection with my mother and brother because I do dearly love them but I don't feel they have a connection with me the way I would like. Even if I don't consider this worthy enough, uh, even if you don't consider this worthy enough, I'd really appreciate if you let me know whether you've read this or not. Best regards and thank you for your shows. I felt they've helped me immensely. And as soon as I finish my internship and I've moved out, I plan on donating to you regularly. Keep doing what you do. I think you, uh, I think you know how many people's lives you're changing and saving every day. Well, thanks, Bob. That's very kind. And how, how do you feel reading this? It seemed like you were trying to r rush through it as fast as humanly possible <laughs> and without any emotion. Like, you can't even connect to your own story. If that, I you, guess, Do you yeah. feel, like, pretty nervous talking about this? Um, yeah, I, I, I struggle a lot uh, in general. I, I don't like emotions. You know, I don't like showing them. But it was more like, because uh, we've already started a bit late and... And it's a big, big text. <laughs> oh, yeah. So no, listen. But I'll just tell you something. I mean, if you have, in, in some ways, the longer the text, the slower you need to go. Because if people, like, if you're not connected to it, then people start to tune out. And I was fine. I was listening to it. I'm just sort of pointed that out. It's just a little little tip I learned in theater school, that if you have a long speech and you rush it, it just seems longer to everyone. Uh, whereas if you slow <laughs> down and take your time. And... I'll try to remember that. <laughs> what did your, um, you said you had Skype conversations with your biological dad until about the age of 15, but he started saying things about your mom. And what was it that he said about your mom that you found so unpleasant? Well, well, you see, the whole, the whole, this, this, it's all so confusing to me because I've spoken to my, my, uh, my uncles and all that, and they, they tell me a different story to what my mom tells me. But and uh, I don't think, I don't think my mom would ever lie to me. And, um, and she's never given me a reason to to feel that way, so I believe what she what she's told me, and she's never said horrible things about him or anything, and she's always been supportive of me uh, being able to meet him in real life. Um, what he said was stuff like she was taking you away from me, and um, she she made me leave. She she did this, and I can't I can't remember specifics, but it was just really that was just really irritating to me because to me, you know. Maybe she picked a twat of a dad, but at least she was there for me when you went. So all right, so so Bob, you know sometimes we have like I have these long conversations, and this could be a lengthy conversation, but sometimes I have a long conversation with people, and you know sometimes for the first hour or or even longer, 
the conversation is me gathering information, right? Because I'm trying to figure out what the lay of the landscape is. And in particular, what I'm looking for is contradictions. And by that, I don't mean anyone lying to me. I'm just looking because, you know, if you say to me, you know, my mom is seven feet tall, right? Like you, Bob, <laughs> your mom is seven feet tall. I don't, you could be, right? Could be physically yeah, yeah, yeah. true, right? I have no way to know <laughs> claims that occur that are empirical outside the conversation. However, what I'm really, really good at, like scary good at, is noting contradictions within what someone is saying. And that's where the greatest treasure is in these conversations, right? Because if you say, my mother is seven foot tall, and then you say, my mom is really short, well, I don't know whether she's seven foot tall or really short, but I know she can't be both. Does that make sense? Absolutely. All right. So you seem to, you, you said a number of times in your initial letter that you love your mom. And now you say, well, my mom wouldn't lie to me and my mom was there for me, right? So you have a very positive view of your mom in, in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except she married a man and gave a child to a man who abandoned his family when you were three months old. And then, and then you see, she got involved with a violent alcoholic I knew and, kept him, and kept him around her children for many years, even to the point where you broke a beer bottle over his head. Now, you don't have any say, as a child, over who your mom brings into your life, right? Mm-hmm. She chose to bring a guy who you say slandered her, a guy who abandoned his family, a guy who only had Skype calls with you and didn't even listen to you when you said, stop talking trash about mom. And then she brought in a functional alcoholic who was violent and abusive to your environment. And how old were you when your stepdad came into the picture? Well, um, I don't even know. Pretty, uh, I, I can't remember a time when he wasn't Just around. Just give me a rough idea. I'm not asking for the date. I, I, can't, I cannot remember a time when he was not around. Okay, so, so very young, right? So she kind of yeah. jumped from your dad to the stepdad, right? I suppose so, yeah. And you've already told me why. I'm just wondering if you know why she kept a violent, abusive alcoholic around her children when they were young. Because you know, he's got money? Yeah, because he's got... You already told me, right? Because he's wealthy, right? Well, can I can I uh, say something? It's, hey, I, if, if I'm off base, man, you push back fiercely. Cause, fiercely. Because I did, I did confront her about it multiple times. And... Um, and you know we had a, a big cry about it, but she said um, she's afraid that she doesn't want the same thing to happen again. And I I, I called I called her stupid, you know, because because my my brother's Wait, my what, half. What what same thing? What do you mean? My, my my brother's my half brother, so this guy is his dad. No, no, I understand that, but what uh, doesn't she want to have happen again? She doesn't want to have another broken family kind of thing, you know. Well, Which, that, I, me, I know, hang on, hang on, hang on. So if you don't want another broken family, do you know what you do? Or rather, <laughs> what you don't do? You don't get involved <laughs> with a functional, violent, abusive alcoholic who drinks in the morning. You know, that, that's, that's a great way to not have another broken family, right? That That's only started since... Oh, ah, no, never mind, I'm, I'm No, no, I, I get it. So you, you said, and <laughs> I was listening, right? So you said earlier that... You know, he worked for a finance company, and he was an alcoholic, but since he retired, he's drinking in the morning, right? Yep, yep, yep. Now, of course, you don't know, 
as a kid, he might have been drinking in the morning before. That is true. I mean, probably not to the same extent as he is now, right? But you don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm certainly willing to accept that his drinking has escalated since he retired, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you don't want a broken home, then you don't get involved with a violent, abusive alcoholic, right? Who, who, how old were you when you smashed the beer bottle on your stepdad's head? Fifteen, approximately. Yeah, see, I don't know, man. I have, I have, maybe I'm just way too much of a tight ass, right? Maybe, just maybe my standards are ridiculously high. But I'm telling you this, man. I'm telling you this. Imagine, just picture you want to be a good dad, right? And I, I can't tell you how much I admire that's fantastic. <laughs> you want to be a good dad. Now imagine you have a son, right? And your son has a babysitter. And you go out for an evening with your wife. You come home and you find out that the babysitter attacked your son and he had to defend himself by smashing the babysitter with a beer bottle. <sighs> Would you continue to hire that babysitter? <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> I don't want a failed relationship with a babysitter. <laughs> yeah, man, fuck. No, but seriously, right? I mean, we're kind of laughing, but why yeah, on earth would you... Like, let's say that for some reason she didn't know how dysfunctional your stepdad was, her boyfriend, right? You know, right? That's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty clear. You, you hit him on the head. I mean, you could have you really harmed him, right? You could have cracked his skull. You could have... <laughs> yeah, so, yeah and, then, and then you flee all night, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, what? You, you, you come back home, right? Yeah, the next day, sometime in the morning. Right. When he's at work? Uh, I don't remember, but I, I think it must have been a weekend. Okay, so you come back home, and of course your mother knows that you got into a fight with your stepdad, and you ended up hitting him on the head with a beer bottle. I don't actually remember that. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you remember what happened. But I'll tell you why you didn't remember. I can tell you exactly why you don't remember. You know, have you ever been on a long train trip? Uh, yeah, multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know what happens in a train trip, right? So, you know, mostly, you know, I, I'm guessing from the accent, you're not from Nairobi, right? So, <laughs> you know, British countryside, right? It's fields, it's little well, farmhouses, you know, occasionally you whistle through a little town. That, that's, I, that's where it, it was. But as I said, I live in a different country. Okay, okay. <laughs> but... Because I remember when I was six, I used to get on the train, you know, Hogwarts style, and I used to go to boarding school. And I remember we used to leave in the afternoon and we'd get to the boarding school at night. It was a slow train, had a lot of stops and all that. And I remember sitting there with my little freckled head stuck up against the dusty glass of the British Rail train. And it's kind of hypnotic, right? And you just see these fields swinging by, like the background of an old Popeye cartoon, and it kind of <laughs> it kind of blurs together, right? Cause, oh, field, 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 little bit of woods, field, farmhouse, cow, field, field, like it just all blurs together. But then every now and then you see this big beautiful river, or you see a, a, a city or something, and and that change, right? So you don't remember most of what blurs by because it's all the same, but you remember the exceptions, right? The the different things that you see, right? Like occasionally you'll go over some big bridge and there'll be a beautiful river and there'll be little birds flying down there and stuff. Really, you know, the, the, the sunlight glittering on the river waters. So pe- peaceful in their, peaceful people in their hip waders, fishing, fly fishing. And, and it's cool. You remember that, those little flashes because they're different. And the reason I'm saying all of this 
is that I can tell you why you don't remember what happened when you came home after you hit your stepfather in the head with a beer bottle. It's because absolutely nothing different happened. Your mother didn't say, okay, listen, before someone ends up in the hospital or in jail, I'm pulling the plug on this bullshit. Uh, right? You, it, my son, are, the, are my primary loyalty and responsibility. So I'm afraid, my drunken boyfriend, you have to move out until and unless you get therapy, you start going to AA or something like You get this drinking not only under control but stopped completely. You figure out how to apologize because you're a grown-ass man. And if you're in a physical confrontation with a 15-year-old, you're an asshole. <laughs> and the son, the 15-year-old, is not responsible because he's 15. He can't even drive yet. So True. you, my boyfriend, are 100% responsible for getting into a physical, dangerous fight where someone could have been seriously hurt. And so you got to move out because my primary loyalty here is to my son who should not be exposed to this level of violence and certainly as hell should not be enacting it. So if your mother had said something like that, you would have remembered it until your dying day. Indeed. <laughs> so you had the same squish down the conflicts, everything's fine, we're just going to move on, it's well, all pretending like nothing happened and all, all this garbage, right? To be fair, she, she did, when, when we ever had any confrontations, she did, um, she did shout, but it was just meaningless, retarded, dumb shit, shouting, no, you know, no, like, what you said is like a, a solution to the problem, but it was just, how can you do this, how can you do this, and then the next day... Okay, so to be like, fair to your mom, she was worse than useless. Okay, I'm, I'm willing to go, <laughs> I'm willing to go with that, if that's your standard of fairness, then she was worse than useless. Okay. Now, did your biological father make a lot of money? Um, I don't think he did, but his uh, his dad did. But uh, I must say as well, my mum makes quite a bit of dough as well. Like she's not rich, rich, but she's oh, I not get it. definitely. So, so she she poor. got rid of the guy who didn't make a lot of money, and she kept the guy who made a lot of money. I, uh, no, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm I'm happy to be corrected, man. I, I just because hypergamy, it's not just I, a village in, in Wales, right? <laughs> no, it's um, it's more. It's it's never been money's never been like a, a talking point, something that's been important, and um, money's never been important. Like, like money's not important to women no, with children. You know what I mean? It's more. I mean, she she's always been working, and she's always she's she's paid for herself like it's not like um no she hasn't gives. no she has no she hasn't how not well she was with a guy who made a lot of money yeah but i mean what what if he was a poor guy and he was doing this shit what if he was a what a poor guy you mean Someone like like your biological money. dad who she let go or kicked well, he, out he or? Was, no 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 he wasn't he's not poor he's just not loaded you know yeah, he's I mean? not as rich right yeah, I guess, yeah. Okay, so how how is it possible that your mom is paying her own way, right? Let's say, I mean, just for the sake of argument, right? Look at the numbers, right? Let's say that both your parents, well, sorry, that your mom and her boyfriend both make $100,000 a year. So combined, oh, pounds, 100,000 pounds a year, right? Let's go crazy, right? So they make 200,000 pounds a year. Now, I mean, just pretend there's no taxes, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So now they have a combined income of $200,000 a year. So what they do is they 
get a lifestyle that costs two hundred thousand dollars a year, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, show that's a lot more money to spend than if it was just your mom, right? Fair enough. Right. So, if but your mom, did, if your mom didn't have a boyfriend, she wouldn't be able to afford two hundred thousand dollars a year. She'd only be able to afford fifty thousand dollars. Sorry, she'd only be able to afford a hundred thousand pounds a year, right? Mm-hmm. Did he make more than your mom? Who did? Your stepdad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so let's say he makes £200,000 a year and she only makes £100,000 a year. So that's £300,000 a year they're both living on, so she's getting subsidized at least 50 k Okay, so I, I get that you're saying she's staying because she needs these extra 200000 Uh But I I can agree with that, but I can't, I, I don't, I can't imagine it being the original reason for the get-together. Can, do you know what I mean? Why? Was he was he not wealthy when they met, or or had a big job not, or a big career as, or big not potential? As, not as wealthy, no. Yeah, but well, he's in an industry wealthy. where he can make some serious coin, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, <laughs> so she dumped your dad and stayed with. Because look, I mean, look, we can both understand that being a violent, abusive alcoholic is three significant minuses, right? Definitely. Right, and 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 her children pay the price for the most part. So given that there are these big significant minuses, the question always becomes, what are the pluses that make up for that? Right? So you've probably heard this phrase and, and maybe you've even met women like this, or maybe you've even dated women like this. They're called a hot mess, right? Oh yeah, I definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The high strung, oh, they're neurotic, okay. they're unstable. They're, you know, they're, they're like, Who's going to oh, drive yeah. you home? Cars video weeping in the middle of the night. And, you know, they, they, they binge eat in the middle of the night. They yeah. occasionally cut themselves for, for funsies on weekends. Like they're, but they're, they're pretty, right? Hot. Fit birds, as they would say, <laughs> in the country, in the old country, right? <laughs> now, multiple so, so we, we get the minuses, right? The minuses are that they're kind of insane, right? But the plus is, so, so there's big minuses, right? They're, they're accusatory, they're neurotic, they're jealous, they're unstable, they're constantly looking to monkey, monkey branch up and so on. But the plus is they're pretty. Right? So we get the minuses, which is the significant pathological personality defects. But the plus is, you know, they're built like Sofia Vergara or whatever works for younger people or whatever, right? You know, like the, the kind of... <laughs> <laughs> kind of Katy Perry rack you can set a champagne glass on, right? Or whatever it is that, that works for you, right? So yeah, so we've got yeah. the minus personality, but we've got the plus, which is hotness. So this guy, your stepdad, has massive minuses. Because I'm not just talking like, oh, he drinks too much. Oh, he's abusive. Oh, he's violent. But all of the personality traits that come along. Massive minuses, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what are the pluses? Can't be personality because he's a violent abusive alcoholics, not personality. It can't be that he's a great conversationalist because drunks are really boring. Oh, yes. As conversation. I remember one well, ghastly does, night. Man. Yeah, I remember one ghastly night in my early 20s when I was over at my mom's place and she had some drunken friend over who just wouldn't let anyone go to bed. Just was like lonely and pathetic and, and just kept talking and talking and talking and telling the most horrible stories and just a drunken woman would not let anyone go to bed. And it's really intrusive, and it's annoying, and it's unpleasant. That is exactly how it is, man. <laughs> it is horrible, right? It's, it's like it's so intrusive. 
alcohol me- dissolves any personal boundaries that any sane human being can have. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, meanwhile, it's just everyone sticks to their room because they just can't be asked listening to his dodgy conspiracy theories about, I don't fucking know, UFOs and all that shit. It's like, man, no one cares, man. He never... I, I really like listening to people. Like, I used to love listening to my, my granddad when he was um, talking about the army and things like that. I love listening to my uncle when he when he uh, used to be in the army. You know, things like that. Stuff that happened, history. But I, I, just, I just do not care much for UFOs and, and weird Jewish conspiracy theories and blah. <laughs> Wait, Jews pilot UFOs? Okay, no, I, I get what you're no. saying. Yeah, yeah, no. And and the, the boring stories of addicts are really designed to just hollow you out. I mean, it's, it's an exercise of power. I don't have to be interesting because I'm scary, right? So, and I remember my mom telling me one story about uh, some, uh, I think it, I can't, it was some woman, it may have been the same woman who was over drunk. Some woman was dating some guy and my mom was over at their place, and they wanted to leave, and he held them at gunpoint for hours. That was that's the kind of life that she had. Get out. And uh, it's yeah, no, there's there's a, there's a horrible, horrible, horrible underworld out there of uh, of addicts and and alcoholics. I mean, everyone focuses on opioid crisis and so on. That's terrible stuff. But alcoholism is uh, such a curse and a plague. Definitely, man. I'm glad that uh, at least my little brother says uh, he's never going to drink at all. I, I have the occasional drink, but I always... Uh, well, he's not yeah. your stepdad, right? So you don't have the genetics that may lead... I mean, yeah, not, exactly, not that it's yeah. all safe, but, you know, uh, you, yeah, yeah. you don't have the genetics that lead you down down that road that, that may lead you or may make it more of a slippery slope, so... Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess... I guess. So uh, what are the pluses, what, right? What, uh, Is he very handsome? I, I don't know. I, Maybe tad over average. <laughs> okay, so he's like a six or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay, so he's a violent, drunken, plain, abusive alcoholic. So what are the pluses that make him worth keeping around for 20 plus years when he's abusing her kids? What, what are the, what's the plus? There's only one plus. We know there's only one plus, right? What's yeah, the plus? Yeah, dull money. Ka-ching. <laughs> Ka-ching. Yeah. So tell me, tell me, how the fuck do you love a woman who sold out your childhood for money? I don't know, man. <laughs> she, she's just always been there for me. No, she, well, okay, no, that's, that's just, that's, that, no, no, that's just like a, it, hang on, hang on. That's just a cliched like phrase. No, no, <laughs> hang on, hang on. That's just a cliched phrase. I don't know what that means in this context. And again, I'm perfectly happy to be corrected, but you sound like a guy who could take some blunt talk. Maybe it's the yeah, accent definitely. that throws me off, but you sound like a lot of guys I grew up with who were pretty down with blunt talk even as kids, right? <laughs> How do you love a woman who seems to have sold out your childhood for money? I'm happy to hear about her virtues. I really am. But being there for me, that's not being there for you. That's bringing a violent alcoholic into your life who's dangerous to your self-esteem, your physical safety. Listen, man, if you'd hit, you'd, you, let's say you went to hit this guy with a beer bottle, and you did some serious damage. Let's say that he jerked back and you hit him in the eye, and he lost an eye. Let's say that he jerked back, tripped, and fell on a lawnmower or something where he could have got seriously hurt, or fell on some shears, or fell on a shovel, or banged his head on a concrete wall. or Like, you understand, this could have kind of destroyed your life. Just this moment when you were 15, right? And I'm sure that there were more. 
And well, she's like, no, we're going to keep him around. Now, she doesn't even sleep with him. As you say, they sleep in separate bedrooms. But the yeah. one thing she ain't kicking out is the cash. So tell me the virtues. All I, I see a lot of minuses with your mom. But saying that she's always been there for me, I don't know what that means. I need something a bit more specific, if that's all right. Well, when I was younger, I was a lot more um, emotionally open, and I was able to, to, I know, elaborate and talk to my mom about how I was feeling and all that stuff. And um, she'd always sit there, listen, try and give me advice, and. I, I used to feel a really good connection, but it's just recently, well, recently, last couple of years where, and I guess it has to do with the, the stepdad where we all just fuck off into our own rooms because no one wants to listen to him. Okay, and so then, hang on. So, so, and I appreciate you telling me that. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. What age were you when you were having these chats with your mom? Roughly. Early teens, mid-teens? Early teens. Early teens, all right. Now, did you ever bring up, and maybe you've, felt or thought this at the time, maybe you didn't, but did you ever bring up any issues that you had with her boyfriend? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, ah, okay, well, okay. And what, uh, do you remember it, the kind of things that you used to say to her? Well, it was... It, I, I can't tell you the specifics, but I, I sort of remember this... this one theme I kept bringing up. I'm like, why is he still here? And, you uh, wanted him gone. You wanted him gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or why are we still here, I suppose. Because you and were then, living in his house? Well, no, at the time. Oh, yeah, actually, we were. We were living. Well, no, they, they bought the house together. Yeah. And um, I, I'd always ask, and it was always, yeah, I don't want your brother to have the same experience with his dad as he, you had with your dad leaving and, and and that sort of always was the end of the conversation I can't remember it going any further I can't remember inquiring about uh, but isn't this is, isn't this worse than if he was just gone sort of thing <laughs> so you wanted your violent drunken abusive mom's boyfriend out of your life right mm-hmm I still do. I no, I get that. that. I get that. <laughs> so how the hell is she there for you when you continually express your desire for safety and security and she doesn't? I mean, can you imagine this, right? Let's say you've got some ailment. You go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, man, I'm totally happy to sit, you know, sit down, tell me what your symptoms are. And you go through the list of what's going on for you with this, that, and the other. And he listens and says, oh, man, tell me more, right? Tell me more, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's really, uh, that's great, man. I'm, I'm glad you told me that's... Uh, it's really interesting stuff. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to see my next patient now. Uh, so uh, thanks for coming in and, and telling me what's going on for you. But uh, I'm going to go see my next patient. So just uh, head out through the waiting list and uh, and uh, get lost, right? What would you think? <laughs> bell end. <laughs> yeah, bell end, right? Why? Why? He listened, man. He listened to well, all your symptoms. Okay. So, but... This is the only time I've felt that she hasn't reacted to stuff. I remember... Um, well, she didn't know you were being bullied, right? She, she, I did tell her once, and she did cause a shitstorm. Uh, but then 
it stopped for a while and then it carried on and I just felt like... You mean at uh, school, right? Yeah, yeah, at school. And what were you oh, being no, bullied no, for? I... Do you know? Well, of course you my know. Name. Sorry, but what was what, what, what were you being bullied for? Uh, my name. Because I was a skinny kid. Um, I, I was a bit of a weirdo, to be honest. <laughs> I guess. I, I, just, I just didn't care much for football. You know, well, soccer. Uh, and stuff like that. I, I preferred to, I don't know, ant keeping and stuff like that. And people just thought I was weird. <laughs> well, okay. First of all, you're more intelligent than the average. And that's just something I give to my listeners because reality, right? <laughs> and no, no, listen, I remember, I mean, I, I mean, I grew up in, I grew up in the UK, right? I grew up in London. Crystal Palace. It's like they never made it out of the third division my entire childhood, but I'm supposed to cheer for all these guys from Jamaica. <laughs> but anyway, um, and I went, I, I remember once uh, some friend's dad took me to a soccer game, football, right? I'm going to see football, right? And I think the game was over two hours and the end score was 0-0. Zero, zero. And I'm like, my God, this is worse than dentistry. Like I would pay good money to not <laughs> ever go near a, uh, a football pitch ever, ever again. The funny thing is actually quite like playing soccer. It's like an action-packed game as opposed to like godforsaken... Oh, I, I football like american football where in three hours the ball is in play for like two and a half minutes and it's just enough to make you want to chew your own head off with a with the aforementioned garage garage oh, lawnmower. I, I so just, so yeah watching sports is it's weird to me and i love playing sports i love playing sports squash tennis uh you name it. only i've only a couple of sports i've never played i've played just about every sport i don't think i've ever really played basketball but i just played just about every other sport and it's just it's just weird because, and I don't think it's actually that healthy. Like I watched uh, uh, recently the Toronto Raptors were in the, the finals and uh, I watched uh, some, some of the games, I think two of the games. And, you know, you, you kind of get into it, but you're not doing anything. So you, you get this like stress or cortisol or excitement, but you're just kind of sitting there in your own stew, right? Whereas opposed to if you're actually yeah. playing a game, you're kind of working off all that energy. I think it just pools in and eventually gives you a heart attack. That's just some nonsense theory, but uh, I think watching I, I sports... I guess it's a bit like porn, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I, I suppose so, right? I mean... Uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm making that, you know, that connection. But anyone who can, who can, anyone who can watch porn for the length of the average... American football game it's like I'd say I'd shake their hand but I probably wouldn't want to but uh, yeah it's it's so listen, yeah sports is um yeah and and the uh, I remember the late Harry Brown used to say uh it's a libertarian podcaster he used to say uh you know don't anyone I you don't don't anyone tell me what the basketball game was and it's like who cares who puts what ball in what hoop you know unless you're actually playing the game I just it's like watching someone build a house and thinking you're a handyman. It's just, it's a weird thing. Like, just go and play some sports. Don't just watch it. Anyway, so that's my particular perspective. Um, and so, yeah, you weren't that interested in that stuff. I wouldn't say, listen, don't say you're a weirdo, man. That's, that's, <laughs> no, seriously, the language that we use to portray ourselves is very important. And I, I, I say this, I nag my daughter about this from time to time. You know, um, you have to be very precise and careful. Language becomes personality. Like the words that you use about yourself sink down into your soul and form to some degree the, the, like the foundation of the substructure of who you are, right? You weren't weird. You were smart and you were traumatized, right? Your dad left. You got an abusive, violent drunk in the house that you're desperate to get rid of 
and your mom just smiles and nods and doesn't ever do anything to, to keep you safe or protected, right? You're not weird. You're smart and you're traumatized. It's not, not a weirdo, not a weirdo at all. It's really, really important. And I, I really want you, if there's only one thing you take away from this conversation, do not, do not use other people's labels on yourself. Because that's why, that's why people call other people names. It's in the hopes that people internalize. Like if we want to, if we really want to stop the problem of verbal abuse, then we have to stop internalizing negative labels given by others. It's, it's, it's the foundational way you stop verbal abuse, right? So somebody just posted on Twitter about my Wikipedia page, which is garbage and, and just <laughs> ridiculous and, and, and false and all that. And now it's been locked to prevent vandalism. <laughs> like, you know, now it is vandalism. The whole damn page is vandalism, right? <laughs> and so if, you know, if I were to, to, to internalize the language that is used about me in certain circles, that would be to give those people the power to define me that they damn well haven't earned by any process of integrity or virtue or honesty. Judge people. Don't judge yourself, first and foremost. Judge people. And you have to have, you know, like the spam filter or the filters that are on your router to make sure that malicious actors don't get into your network or whatever. You have to have very, very strict filters on who you let oh, I describe you. Sorry? I, I, only, I only just uh, bagged my whole, you know, my gr whole group of friends like two years ago. I just bagged them, told them to fuck off, never spoken to them since then. Was that because I, of I, language issues? Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, just, just they were all sheep. There was this one guy, and I'm absolutely convinced he's a narcissist. And uh, he just had control over everyone. And for a while, I, I, I think he had some control over me. You know, he'd, he'd say this, and I just agree. And then at some point, I just my my mind just clicked, and I went like, "Why the fuck am I saying this? Why I don't even believe this? Why am I doing this?" And then I just said, "Yo, guys, sayonara, I'm out." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. listen. I mean, there are people in your life who are going to make you feel powerful and strong and that doesn't mean that they're pumping up your ego or telling you everything you do is great or those are just manipulators but there are people mm -hmm. who can see the greatness within you and you can see the greatness within them and in each other's presence you become greater right greater than the sum of the parts and there are other people who just diminish you they just they just try and put you at a mocking distance to yourself they try to implant a diminishing third eye that shrinks you down to nothing as, and there's a variety of reasons we don't have to get into as to why they do that. But especially if you want to achieve something great in your life, and if you want to be a great parent, that's achieve, you want to achieve something great in your life, you, you have the choice. You can either achieve something great in your life, or you can have people around you who diminish you, but you can't have both. You know, the, the, the success in life is almost exclusively at the beginning a matter of some serious pruning. If you want to succeed in this life, you have to jettison people who diminish you now of course you can say ahead of time hey man you know uh, i really feel kind of diminished by all this kind of stuff i really feel kind of diminished by all of this stuff i'd really rather you didn't talk about this kind of stuff don't don't approach me this way don't describe me in this way right like i've said this That's before just like, a waste of time and energy no it's worse than a waste of time it whittles you down to nothing yeah a waste of time and, and energy yeah so i mean when i uh, started uh, to to do what i'm doing i'm like you know what if i'm going to be a philosopher i'm going to like if i'm going to do this i'm going to go all the way 
Like, I'm not going to just, oh, a little bit here, a little bit there. It's like, I'm going to go. I mean, I, I don't like to do anything half measures. To me, like, you know, I picked up the guitar, I played it, I learned a couple of songs, and I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to be a great guitarist. You know, recently I was working on piano, which I had learned a little bit when I was younger, and I was doing okay. And I was like, you know what? But compared to philosophy, see, I got to compare everything to philosophy, right? That's the problem with me, right? I got to compare everything to philosophy. And so I'm like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I could be okay at piano, but, you know, not particularly great. Now, you know, there's other things which I'm willing to be okay at, like I'm sort of an average tennis player, maybe slightly above average. I competed when I was younger. But, right. you know, I'm never going to win any any tournaments, but but it's good exercise, right? And it's fun to do with my daughter, right? So, so that's mm -hmm. sort of a different category, right? But it's not like piano or guitar is good exercise or anything. So with regards to music, like I did 10 years of violin, and I was an okay violinist, but, you know, nothing special. And, and I didn't really want to put the time and effort in because I'm always comparing it to the other things that I can do where I get huge traction and huge, uh, huge growth, right? So when I was back in the day, when I was starting to to look into doing what I'm doing now, I was very aware that you you can't do a high wire act if people are throwing stuff at you. Like you simply can't, right? I mean, people don't have to be a gnat, but they sure as hell can't be throwing shit at you when you're trying to do the high wire act, right? And so, yeah, there were people in my life who were not behind me in what it is that I was doing. And it was very clear to me that if I wanted to do it, I couldn't split myself up to the point where I want to live this great, powerful life in the world, but I'm willing to be just some in 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 um, I don't know inconsequential goofball in in my social life. I, I can't split myself up that way. I just can't do it. And then, you know, you you talk to anyone who's successful, and if they're really honest, they'll say that a lot of their early success had to do with just pruning out people who don't believe in them. And I don't mean it's one way. You know, I mean, it's two ways. There are other people in my life who've wanted to achieve great things. I've been 100% behind them as well. And, you know, like my friend Mike Cernovich wanted to create a uh, a great documentary, and he's created a bunch. Uh, my favorite is the one hoaxed. You can get that at hoaxedmovie.com, right? So Mike Cernovich was creating this uh, movie about the media, and I was very interested in it. And he said, uh, do you have any time? I'm like, I'm coming down. You're like it's not it's not, it's not just about taking right i mean i i want to help other people succeed in their endeavors as well so yeah i just on my own dime flew down and 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 shot for a day or two and and did you know endless takes of the cave scene and and and, and had an idea of what it is that i was going to say and it worked out well enough that i've got the closing line the closing lines of the movie and i'm very proud of that i'm i, I people should just go watch hoaxedmovie.com it's a great great movie so it's not just about like Oh, you got to support me. I'm I'm absolutely 150% behind supporting other people. You know, friends of mine have books out. I'm like, I'll get all over promoting their book and helping them with their book. And they got courses and and all of that. Uh, and I'll get behind their courses. And you know, this is not always on my show. There's just other ways that I can do things, other things that I can do. And so, just believe in people and ha have people who believe in you. And if if you can't manage that, you simply can't. You, success is impossible. It's impossible because you can't split yourself up that way. You need to have your whole being behind whatever it is that you want to achieve in life. And if people are slicing and dicing you up to the point where you say, well, when I face the world, I'm powerful, but in my social circle, I'm just some goofball who, who trips over things. You know, you, you can't, you can't get, you can't have both. You can't. So I just, yeah, people who didn't believe in me, who weren't willing to, to believe that I could do it, who weren't willing to, to support me as I wanted to support them. No, sorry, man. Sorry. I got my life to live and I, I cannot shrink myself down to other people's petty perceptions of me. So I know that's a long thing to bounce off just, you know, your use of the word weirdo, but don't do it, man. Do not do it. You'd be very fierce with the language 
You know, in, in, imagine you have a son, right? You have a son and you're going to have a son. And you know what's going to be the case with your son, man? Your son is going to be smart and your son is going to be different because he's raised by a good dad and a good mom who are reasonable. And, and maybe he'll be homeschooled. I hope he will. Certainly went on government schools and all that, right? So Ugh, you're going to have a son, right? Now, would you ever call your son if your son was into ant farms rather than watch overpaid foreigners kick a football around? If, you're, if your son was into ant farms rather than watching footy on the TV, would you call him a weirdo? No. <laughs> God, I hope not. I'd, I'd help him. I'd right, so don't, don't call your... And, and that, you wouldn't call your son a weirdo even though he wouldn't be traumatized like you were. So please, don't. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. You had trouble uh, fitting in. Good. Good! In the, in the modern world, <laughs> having trouble fitting in I... is your only fucking chance. <laughs> your only chance. It's, it's, that's funny because I only just had this conversation with a friend of mine. And she, she said never to say something like that ever again. It's, it's, Good. it's a bit of a deja vu. <laughs> okay, well, given that her conversation wasn't recorded and this one is, we've now amplified it to uh, a couple million people over time. All right. All no right. worries. All right. Okay, now, with regards to, you said your dating life kind of goes the same way. Just give me a bit of a, I know you went over it real briefly, but just give me a bit more of a overview of how it goes. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the, the last one. <laughs> um. I don't know, we, we we started chatting ages ago and then we just stopped and then maybe a year later uh, she suddenly messaged messaged me again and then she told me all this wait did bitcoin did bitcoin go up no i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding i don't know if you've seen that meme with like this girl from 2013 it's like i'm leaving you you're like the worst boyfriend in the world all you ever do is talk about bitcoin and it's so boring right and then, like, you know, it's 2019. It's like, hi. <laughs> yeah, anyway, pretty sorry, much, yeah. And, uh, oh, I don't know. Um, long story short, uh, she was really, she's she's fit, like, fucking nine and a half, ten. And um, she, she agreed with me on a lot of things about how to bring up children. Because, you know, I watched her recently, well, not recently. So it was a while ago, but um, I remember you saying, uh, just you, just be straight up and just tell the person who, you, who you're seeing what your plans are, what you what you want in life, and um, if if they don't agree with those things, move on because you don't want to waste time, right? Well, you know, give them a little bit, right? Sometimes people can be kind of shocked, and yeah, you know, you know, it doesn't have to be like, wait, you disagree with me. Bye. Right. You can, you can finish the meal. It's kind of what I'm saying, right? But, yeah, but you know, if, if like... you really like the person, then I'd say give them a bit of time. I mean, people can earn a bit of time uh, before uh, yeah. before you pull the plug. I just want. I'm I'm sure you get that. I just want to point that no, out I for can... other people. But go ahead. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's not like hi, my name's Bob, and I want to have children. <laughs> no. Um, where was I? Hi, my name's Bob. I want to have children. Hey, I think you dropped something. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, where, where was I? Um, Sorry, I was just asking, and my fault for interrupting. Sorry about that. But um, I was just asking, you said there was this very fit bird, nine and a half. Oh, she uh, agreed you with yeah, a lot yeah. of things, and then what? Oh, yeah, and she was jealous as, as shit. And, you know, as, as you said, you know, loads of negatives. I, I later found out, and I'll, I'll get to this point in a minute, but uh, I later found out she had the borderline. <laughs> Um, Wait, she had borderline so, personality disorder. Yep. Holy shit. Yep. Yeah, and that's about so, as bad as it can get, right? And that's yeah, like that's yeah, like yeah. grab your grab your nads 
you know, put an atomic cap exactly. on and, and flee in the middle what... of the night, right? <laughs> but as soon as I heard that, I was like, I'm out. Wait, did she but... say that? No, well, uh, okay, L let me finish. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she was jealous and shit. And, um, and you know, I have I have colleagues at work and she'd, she'd always be like, who's this, who's this, who's this, texting, uh, not texting, sorry, uh, when when I when I um, when I tell her about something I talked about at lunch, yeah, she'd she'd ask, so who was this? And I'd say the girl's name because she's a colleague and I go to lunch with people at work, and then she'd be like, oh, are you cheating on me with her and all that shit? And then this one time she was staying over at my place, and I don't I don't have a I don't have a, a pin code on my phone. I just leave it open because I don't really have anything to hide. And um, you can call me stupid, but <laughs> um, and I, f I fell asleep and she, she went through my phone in the night and she saw how I was talking to this girl from work. And she, she was uh, we were just talking about lunch and, and what we talked about during lunch. Yeah. And uh, she wakes me up in the middle of the night and she starts screaming at me. Are you fucking cheating on me? And blah, 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 blah. Who's this whore? Why are you chatting to her? And all that. Like, I'm like, fucking hell, calm down. What have you read that's bothering you? And she starts just reading Wait, wait hang on. <laughs> wait, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you, you, you tried to engage in a rational conversation at this point? Yeah, I know. But, Good. But wow, it, she must have been super pretty, man. Never send me a photo. Yeah, it's like a yeah, siren. <laughs> yeah, man. Honestly. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, 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 then, and then she, she's, she's calling her whore and everything, and then she starts hitting me, and then I'm, I'm just stood there, one hit, two hit, three hit. I grab her hand, and I'm just like, "You're gonna stop now, or you're gonna fucking leave." And then she hits me with the other hand. I'm like, "Right, you're out." So I drags her out the house, drag all her shit out the house, throw it out, lock the door, and fuck it off. Uh, back inside um didn't didn't uh contact her anymore or not and then you, I, you were uh, you were lucky man holy crap i hate to say you were lucky but you know she could have really messed up your shit there oh yeah yeah definitely yeah uh, you know okay. right you know what she could have done oh yeah definitely man <laughs> she could have run to the police and really? she could have said oh yeah she could have oh, said man well. she she could have punched herself in the head listen some people are really committed to their story Right, so she no. Listen, man, she could have run to the cops, and she could have said he hit me. She could have, she could have. I mean, if you grabbed her hard enough to stop her from hitting you, you might have left some marks on her, right? So she could have said, "Man, he hit me. He grabbed me. He assaulted me." And then the cops come over, and I don't know where you are now, but in a lot of places in the West, the guy's pretty much automatically at fault. And then you could say, "Well, look, man, she bruised my face," and she could say, "Yeah, but I only did that after he hit me." He, he, he grabbed me first. He grabbed me so hard that the moment I got a hand free, I hit him just to defend myself. And then you start ditch sliding into a whole world of hell, man. Oh, fuck that, man. No, I'm <laughs> no, telling I you, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to put, the, I'm trying to scare the pants on you, right? I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to warn you from stories that I have heard, not just on this show, but even in people I have known in my life where... They get into any kind of physical altercation with a woman. Man. And if she'd gone over to some girlfriend's house, some girlfriend had been some feminist or someone who was like, oh, man, you got into a fight with him. You got to call the He's going to do this to someone else. He's a violent abuser. You got to call the cops. You got to protect the sisterhood. Oh. And next thing you know, <laughs> man, you, you're literally spending the next year or two fighting charges. 
well, facing I, I jail. I guess, I guess I was pretty lucky because uh, um, that's what I'm saying, man. No, no, but you'll understand now why she definitely couldn't do that anymore because she'd uh, she'd gone home. Okay, okay. So I wait today. I didn't say I didn't talk to her because I was like, "Fuck this, man! I'm never speaking to this bird again." And then I get to call two days later off her mother, and I'd, I've never spoken to this woman, and she's like, "What the fuck have you done?" And I'm like, uh, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "Why, why, 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 why did she uh, react like that?" I'm like, "Well, this is what happened," and then she said, "Oh, she only hit you." I'm like, "What do you mean?" She said, "Well, she started throwing pans and knives at me." And then we had to call the police, and she got put into a psychiatric ward. <laughs> now, I'm going to try and skate right past the giggle you had at the end of that story. Because <laughs> that's some serious shit there, right? Yeah, I know. It's how I cope, man. It's it's terrible, I know. I, I, so I get it what, a lot. Okay, okay, dude. Dude. <laughs> what are you doing? You are really throwing some serious dice here. No, listen, I'm telling you. This is the kind of woman she can she can cry rape. And yeah, good luck disproving that, right? Well, th- this was this was one one or one and a half years ago, and no, since I, then you, no, I get it, I get <laughs> it, I get it. But I think that I understand that the humor. Right. I, I do. I do. Right. It's like, woo, you know, dodge that bullet and so on. It's like, what are you doing on the firing range to begin with? OK, how long did you how long did you date this woman? Six months. Yeah. What were the Way signs? What were the signs that she was unstable early on? Oh, uh, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. It was blatantly obvious. And then. Um, uh, and my mates were telling me, and I, I'm just—I I'm, was just an idiot. I was just cuckoo because she was hot. <laughs> I'm not even okay. So lie. What, were, what, what were the signs when you look back before you slept with her? Constant crying about shit and just complaining, and and I knew she'd self-harmed. And I—I I, I think she—I—I I don't know for a fact, but I feel like she would injure herself, so I'd feel bad for her and then give her yeah. attention. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like at the Did time, you know I much didn't... about her childhood? Oh yeah, yeah. It was bad, I guess. Bad. <laughs> pretty bad. Do you want okay, any info so... on that? Or... No, that's fine. I I can assume it's just the usual hellscape that produces this kind of tortured personality, which can't be fixed, yeah. right? You understand? You 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 cannot you cannot love a woman like that into sanity. You can't do it. I so agree. it's it's called. I mean, again, I'm no psychiatrist. This is my amateur opinions. I'm no psychologist. My amateur opinions, right? But. It's called character logic. It means there's not a personality with a problem. It is the personality is the problem. And she yeah, thinks definitely, that... Definitely. Yeah, she thinks that everyone else is the problem and she can't, she can't be fixed. You can't support her into sanity. You can't screw her into sanity. You can't love her into sanity. You can't pay her into sanity. You just... You can't do it. The only thing that can happen is that for... Borderlines, my understanding is they will mellow out a little bit in 20 to 30 to 40 years. And in particular, because she's got the power of sexuality, right? So some of the worst things that can ever happen to dysfunctional personalities is like they win the lottery or they're super talented or super attractive or, or super smart or like in some way they get to live a life 
that removes restraints. Like, and, mm-hmm. and you see this with your stepdad, right? So your stepdad, when he retires, he gets to drink more because he doesn't have to get up and go to work. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So the worst thing that ever happened to her was hotness. Worst thing. Worst thing ever. And it's only going to get better when she loses her attractiveness, and that's going to be in 20, 30 years, right? So, uh, yeah. Um, okay, so since, since then, so she was nuts, and you're like, yep, let's date, right? And you were, you were bloody lucky <laughs> to get out of there without legal trouble. And then what? Have you dated since? No, no. I've said, I've said I am not touching another woman until I'm sure this is, you know, I, I'll, 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 get to meet, I'll get to know them. But and I'm how pretty not... is your mom? Or wise? Maybe slightly over average. She's yeah. not. She's not like. It. And how good looking are you? Me? Um, yeah. I, I, I think I'm pretty attractive. I, I've got a, a weird hairstyle, but other than that, yeah. Well, count, <laughs> count yourself lucky. It's still a choice, brother. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, nah, best thing to me, best thing for my life ever was losing my hair. I'm telling you, I was way too hot. As a teenager, I was way too attractive. No, I was way too attractive as a teenager. If I'd kept my hair, oh man, oh, it would have been just absolutely. God was kind. The God of evolution was kind to give me uh, an eight head. Anyway, um, okay. So, so if you're willing to date a crazy woman, this ties back to your mom. This ties back to your mom. Tell me the virtues which involuntarily summon the emotion of love in you regarding your mom. What does she do that is virtuous that you kind of love her? You, I would say despite yourself, but you love her because she does. Like if, you know, if I'm going to list off the virtues of my wife, I won't bore you with like the hours or two hours or ten hours I could go on and on about. I love her... It's like involuntary. I don't have to remind myself. It's just I admire her and, and respect her so enormously. And I won't bore you with all of her virtues, but they are considerable, and, and she is virtually but, without flaw. And I, I feel the same way with, with my daughter as well. And, 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 but, but the difference is my daughter was, you know, was raised in, in this household, so has earned it a little bit less. But So, you know, it certainly is possible to identify the virtues in our, our loved ones, right? You say you, you love your mother, and you understand that empirically what you've told me about your mother, there's not only nothing to love there that I can see, but there's quite a lot to feel contempt and disgust and anger and, and fear towards. But um, again, we've just looked at one side of the statue, which is the shadow, and maybe there's another side that's really bright and glittery regarding your mom. Don't, don't don't you think this ties into this disconnectivity as well? But I just can't. I can't. It's funny you just refused to answer my question and then talk about uh, disconnectivity. Yeah. I was trying. Wait, not wait to rub manifest. Bone. What you what you're talking about? <laughs> I was trying not to rub a bone. I'm sorry, man. Um, no, you're just trying to drag me off. Listen, it's very tempting for me to be dragged off into abstract land because that's like that's my natural abode. That's my like demon fire dimension <laughs> zone of comfort right but no i'm going to i'm going to stick with with the feelings because that's your, your your problem is not that you have an intellect and you're intellectual right the problem is your feelings and your connection so i will resist the drag off to intellectual and it will stay on the feelings right so 
tell me about the virtues that your mom manifests that cause you to love her. Uh, Why is this so hard, man? (laughs) Because there aren't any. Because your mom, was she married to your, your biological dad? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so your mom married a guy who was either so trashy that he left or she you know, was a decent guy and she drove him away. And then she immediately hooked up with a rich alcoholic who abused her children and stayed with him for the money. I don't know any virtues that would overshadow those basic facts. And if you want to choose a better woman than your mom, you better damn well map out her flaws. Because if you don't map out the flaws of your mom, you will be blind to the dysfunctions of your girlfriends. In other words, your future child is demanding that you map out the vices of your mother because you need to know what to avoid and if you say that you love your mother while your mother is dysfunctional of course you're going to end up with dysfunctional women Uh, 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 I'm a bit speechless (laughs) good that's called connection Okay, so where is it that and we we'll, we'll talk we can talk about your your brother. Again, you you want to refer to him as your brother. I'm perfectly fine with that. You guys grew up together, right? So uh-huh. you say that you love your brother, but your brother doesn't want to have much to do with you. Yeah, and and I blame I blame myself in some ways for that, I suppose. I guess uh, by by cuz cuz I was being picked on when I was younger, I, I suppose I, I picked on him a little bit. Um, you picked on him how much? Just too much. <laughs> okay, and, uh, I would say no, but you, when you say a little bit, maybe you're right, but when I first get a qualifier that diminishes the action, but it's the first thing that you brought up, in other words, the first thing that you brought up with regards to alienation from your brother was that you teased or picked on him, but then the first thing you said was a little bit. So if it's a little bit, then it would be lower on the list of possible dysfunctions. If it's first on the list, it probably ain't a little bit, right? I, I see. I don't. I don't know if if that is why, because we do, we do, we did have our moments, and then as as I grew older and he grew older, we we really we we did uh, connect, but then uh, I don't know, at some point it just stopped. <laughs> did you? I mean, did you apologize? Did you? Did you know it was wrong at the time that you were picking on him? I've... I knew he didn't like it. <laughs> I don't think I ever thought about whether it was right or wrong, to be honest. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. <laughs> you were doing something that your brother really didn't like. Did he cry from it? Did he withdraw from you? Did he hide? Did he... 
No, he'd usually run to me mum and then uh, she'd shout at me. <laughs> and what would you do that would cause him to run to your mum? I don't know, steal his hat and stuff, poke him. <laughs> not in, not yeah, in massive You've got to stop laughing about all this stuff, man. I mean, I, I've been kind of patient with it, but uh, you got to, right? Because okay. you're, you're trying to invite me into a world, but this is just kind of goofy and funny, but it may have contributed or maybe the cause of the destruction of your relationship with your brother, right? So let's, mm -hmm. you know, if it's something to giggle about, let's move on to another topic. If it's not something to giggle about, let's not giggle, okay? Because mm -hmm. it could be serious stuff, right? Okay, so you would take his hat, you would poke him, you would just kind of annoy him? Is yeah, right? yeah, pretty much, yeah. And how much older are you? Quite a bit. Just give me a rough you know, half a decade, oh, a decade. Between half a decade and a decade. Okay, so you're way older. So it wasn't even close to fair, right? No, of course not. All right. Now, you could have been his teacher, or you could have been his mentor. You could have been his wise elder brother who strengthened him up and built him up, and right? You could have done all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And how long did this teasing or, or annoying him, how long did that go on for? Um, it was more when he was pretty young. And then as I, I grew older, I, I stopped because I realized, what, what am I doing? Why am I doing this to him? But... um. I suppose it was too late then. At some point, I was like, "Yeah, why? Why aren't I his mentor? Why? Why isn't he? You know, looking up to me? I, I wanted him to look up to me, but he didn't. And then that's pretty much when I stopped. When? When was that? I suppose uh, must have been around the fifteen mark as well. When I was fifteen, right? Um, you did. Did you do this for like? Five years, eight years, ten years? Two or three, I'd say. Two or three? Yeah, not not that long. Well, I know it's long, but you know, it's, you were saying five or ten years. All right, years. No, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> hang on. I just, again, you, you, you're probably right, but... Okay, so if he's... I'm just making something up here. You said between five and ten. So let's be conservative. Say he's seven years younger, right? Mm -hmm. So if you see it went on for, let's say, three years, right? So, you know, 15 down to 12, right? So 12... Right, minus seven. So when you were 12 and he was five, you started? And you didn't do it before then? No. That's... No, I think it was earlier, and it must have stopped earlier. Okay. So did it start when he was a toddler, like two, three, four? No, he was walking. He was walking. So, so kids usually walk well, 14, like, 14 months, like, 16 months, or No, whatever, but right? like pr properly, like not, not the sort of diddle around. Okay, so like, maybe two, right? Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Okay, so you started teasing him, or whatever we want to call it, when he was two. I'd, I'd say so, approximately. It might right. have been three, And so you would yeah. have been like nine or ten or whatever, right? Yep. Okay, and then when did you stop at 15? So uh, I was trying to do some... To do the calculations it must have been earlier then because I changed schools then so it can't have been then I, 
No, it must have been 14. No. Okay, four, so 14, four, all right. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it was five years. Longer. Five years, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. And those are five very early and very formative years, right? So from two to seven. He was, you know, mental torture is probably too strong a phrase, but, you know, he had a negative experience with you a lot of times for half a decade of formative years, right? Mm-hmm. Was it, how, how many times a day, on average, do you think that you would find yourself messing with him in this way? I wouldn't even say it was daily. I'd say maybe every other day. I'd just have, have like a, a couple of minutes where I'd just nag him a bit. <laughs> yeah, you're not diminishing this again, are you? <laughs> where I'd nag him. No, no, but you're saying a couple of minutes every other day? Because, you know, I, like I if, know, you have, if, no, cause if you have positive interactions a bunch of times and then a couple of minutes, look, all kids fight a couple of minutes every other day. Like all siblings, all, all kids, right? So I'm not sure. And again, maybe he's more sensitive, maybe whatever, right? But that seems like, to me, just based upon my instincts, that seems like not enough to cause that much of a rift or that bigger rift, especially if the other times are more fun, right? You, you sit, sit down with any kids who are playing, you know, and, and they're going to, you know, when my daughter's friends are around and we say, hey, what should we do? Like all the kids want to do different stuff and it's 150%. They want, you know, it's just that age, right? Uh-huh. And so it's not like there's conflict, conflict, but, you know, we got to kind of reason it out and figure out what we're going to do and in what order and all that kind of stuff because everybody wants to do their thing now, right? It's natural, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of disagreement with, with kids, right? And that's natural. It's healthy, right? I think. So a couple of minutes every other day? I don't know, man. It doesn't fit right with what you've said. But, again, I don't want to tell it's... you your experience. I'm just telling no, you what no, I No, it's, it's, it's more... I, I, I... Just not I, all. I, all I know is that m- my mum's told me that I used to bug him a lot. And okay, then, well, what would, but what does a lot mean? Because a couple of minutes every other day is not a lot. Yeah, I know exactly, but I I never felt like it. But was you were that there, much. man. You were there. You did it. You must have had some idea. You must have some idea how often it yeah, was. Yeah, and I I never felt like it was that much. But have you ever talked to him about it? No, why not? Can't say I have, because I don't. I don't think he'd be interested to talk about it. Oh, so you're making that decision for him, not giving him the choice to talk about it. If you bring the topic up, yeah, I guess you're right about that. How you feel now? We're talking about this. Oh man, it's not even just this conversation. I just feel horrible, horrible, horrible about the fact I'm not, I'm not that close with my brother. I feel horrible about it too, which is why I'm asking these questions. I'd love for you to be close to your brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does your brother get along with your mom? So better than with his dad. <laughs> better than with his dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Have you sat down and talked with your brother about how tough it was? with his dad, your mom's boyfriend, in your lives? Nope. So what have you been talking about? Uh, nothing, man. That, that's, the, that's the point. <laughs> and when well, did that start to happen, this, this disconnect? 
the, the, the complete disconnect probably when I was uh, I'd say 17 or 18 oh so kind of when he hit puberty kind of thing yeah yeah and and I, I thought that, well yeah yeah exactly so that's been going on for like half a decade or so right definitely yeah and if you were to make the case right let's let's say that I'm your brother right and I'm on the phone with you right now and I you know you were saying I want to be closer right mm-hmm. then I would say or I could say and this is where you can make the case right and I would say well why well what do you have to bring to the table what do you have to offer me what would you say I want to be someone that can because I know he's not had any male figures and I know I'm probably not but I know I'm not perfect no no like, you're one of his male figures Pardon? you're one of his male figures yeah and I want to be a more positive and a more influential male figure to him so he doesn't have to go through all the shit I've gone through and not have to and not take away this learning pro progress but sort of give him a guiding hand whereas i've had nothing and he's had nothing so far well, I'd no, like not to, nothing negative well yeah even that okay so then uh, if i were your brother i would say well yeah but you made some of my childhood kind of crappy right like why why would i trust you Well, it's not an excuse, but it is. It's a reason, and it's. Uh, I, I, I was. Uh, I didn't have a great uh, childhood uh, as such. Hey, you're really disconnected from your feelings here, right? Yeah, man. Okay, if you if you want people to trust you, you have to connect with your feelings. We trust feelings, not intellect. Intellect can change all the time. Feelings keep us stable and steady. They're like the fin under the yacht or the ballast that keeps the submarine stable right so if you're disconnected emotionally you want to make a case to your brother and i want you to make that case to your brother you're disconnected emotionally he's not going to trust you let's try that again if he says you kind of made my life as a kid tough sometimes why would i trust you uh, look bro i feel really shit about and I've thought about this very often, about what I've done to you, and I don't feel, I'm not proud of it at all, and if I could, I'd take it back, and um, I feel like I've grown, and so have you, and I feel like I could uh, contribute to your life, and no, maybe... You're still, yeah, you, you're, still, you're disconnected again, right? You got it for a bit there, and then it vanished, right? Okay, how do you feel about the things that you did to your brother? Because listen, it was tougher on your brother and you than you in many ways, because you had the vent of dumping on your brother. He didn't have anyone to dump on, right? Mm-hmm. So all the shit that rolled downhill from your bullies, from your dad, from your mom, down to you, down to him, they all ended with him. He had to absorb all of it, right? Yep. And... In some ways, and I'm not putting you in the same category because you say it was only a couple of minutes every other day, 
but as the bullies were to you, you were to him, right? Exactly. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> okay. Okay. So as the bullies were to you, you were to him. Now you know how bad the bullying made you feel, right? Mm-hmm. How it made you kind of dread going to school sometimes. How it made it hard to concentrate. How it made it hard to feel secure. How it made it hard to feel supported. If you produce that in your brother, the apology of the emotional connection better be pretty big and deep if you want to rekindle something with him. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you were a bully, I mean, what would you like to hear or what would be healing for you to hear from the kids who bullied you in school? Let's say that you run into one one day and he takes you aside and he says, oh man, I, I messed up so bad. I messed up so bad when I was a kid and you took the brunt of it and you probably internalized a lot of the shit that I was talking about with you and the bullying that I did. And I gave you who was having a hard time so much of a heavy additional burden when you were two years old or i mean i i just did the worst stuff in the world and i can't take it back it, it shaped to some degree in you into who you are and i didn't have the right to to to, to scratch those words on the surface of your being and to make a kid who was growing up in a messed up household make that life even worse, man, we should have stuck together. We should have stuck together like 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 Frodo and Samwise. We you know we were all dragging our asses through Mordor. We should have stuck together, not turned on each other. I should have been your brother. I should have been there for you. I should have been teaching you. I should have been giving you hugs. I should have been telling you it was going to be all right. I should have been taking your side. You know? I shouldn't have made your life tougher. Because it sure as hell didn't make my life any easier. And now I've got this additional guilt of how I treated you as a child in addition to everything else that is going on for me. I got all that too. That's horrible. And it's horrible because I don't want to make this about me. This is about you. It's about you, and it's about all the burdens I put on you that I had no right to laden you with. I was always so much older, and you looked up to me so much because, you know, I was like the big older brother. And and now, like in the family, I had one toxic masculinity thing to look at, which was your dad. But you had two. She's your dad and me. And now I look in the mirror, and I see another bit of toxic masculinity staring back at me, which is how I treated you as a child. And I hate the idea that you've taken anything that I did or anything that I said and put it inside you and made it come alive. And that you ran to mom all the time when I was mean to you. And mom didn't do much of anything because mom was part of the whole messed up system we were stuck in. It all rolled downhill to you. And I hate the idea, my brother, I hate the idea that we got another 60 or 70 years on this planet and for the sake of me doing some shitty things when you were a kid I might have no brother for the next 60 or 70 years because of shitty things I did when you were a kid I might losing 
I might lose out on my only brother's company. Because I don't have a relationship with you. You don't have a relationship with me. You know, when our parents die, there's going to be nothing from our childhood. Like, we were witnesses to each other's childhoods. We could be the only people who go through from beginning to end of our lives. And because I was a bad brother, I was a shitty brother, I don't get a brother for 70 years because of stupid shit I did for five years, 10 years ago. And I'm not blaming you for that. I'm not. I mean, if I was in your shoes, I can completely understand why you'd sit there and say, look, why do I want this guy in my life? When he had power over me, when I really needed support, he kind of dumped on me. He kind of messed on me. He kind of tortured me a little. Kind of made my life harder when my life was already pretty bloody hard. So I completely understand why you wouldn't want to have anything to do with me. And I'm not asking you for you to trust me because that's absolutely unfair. I can't just have treated you like that for so long. And now I've spent seven years not talking about it. And, and five years we've barely been talking to each other. And that's five years that went by where I didn't bring up a damn thing about the way I treated you. There's even more reason not to trust me. But if I can get on my knees and beg you not to trust me, but to give me five minutes conversation a week, that's all I'm asking, five minutes conversation a week. And if I've got to order HelloFresh to deliver food to you every day so it's easier for you to get those five minutes a week to talk to me, just talk to me for five minutes a week and see if you like it. Just try it for 10 weeks. Try it for five weeks. Hell, try it for one week. That's all I'm asking. One week, man. One week. Five minutes. Because I am desperate to have a brother. I am so... I am so sorry for what I did. I am so desperate to have a brother. And I just... Five minutes. You can set time. I, whatever's convenient for you. Just five minutes a week. And, and try it for a couple of weeks. Try it for a couple of weeks. And, 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 and if after those couple of weeks you don't have anything, that's fine. That's fine. But what if we could find some way to build a bridge back to each other? What if I could just apologize? And, and what if I could somehow earn your forgiveness? And what if we could have a positive relationship and you could have a brother again for the next 60 years of your life? You could have an uncle for your children. You could have, you know, we could, we could be in the vicinity of each other when, when we get old. And, and, and we could remember all the way back through the tunnel of time to the beginning of our existence, and we could have linked arms all the way through the decades. I mean, I think that's worth something. I, I, I want to try for that. I want to try for that just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit. And you have every every reason to, to not want to do it, and I completely understand that, which is why I'm absolutely at your mercy, man. You think you were at my mercy when, when you were two and I was 10? I am completely at your mercy, and if you want to take a month, think about it, that's fine, and if... You know, I'll ping you again and, and just, you know, five minutes a week and, and if there's anything I can do. like And and then, you know, like if you can beg him to, to give you just that little bit of time and, and you can figure out the best way to make things positive for him, you know, send him some shit. I'm telling you, like it, it matters a little bit. Like send him tickets to his favorite concert. Send him a gift basket of his favorite, favorite foods, like whatever, you know, just that you're thinking about him and that it matters to you. And that's how you start rebuilding things. You, you, you just work. And you just be willing to submit to what the other person wants. And you try and find something to offer. And that's how 
you try to undo damage? Because the damage isn't just when you were a kid. Look, I have sympathy for what you did when you were 9 or 10 or 11. I mean, you were just struggling to survive and sounds like you were a bit of a jerk, but, you know, you were under a lot of pressure and you were being bullied too. So that's different, right? But but not having talked about it with him for half a decade now that you're an adult, that's a whole different matter, right? Now, now that's mm-hmm. all on you. That's all on you, right? And that's why you don't let things go that long in a relationship without talking about stuff. You just don't. Because people scar over, right? They get uh, they get shields up. They get uh, like an exoskeleton. They, they harden, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me what you think. What do you, what do you think about what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> I, feel, I, feel, I think I have to speak to my brother as soon as possible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what the hell are you talking to me still for? What are you, crazy? I swear, I swear that's what I was thinking. Okay, good. So go talk to your brother, man. He's <laughs> real. Now, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? See, now you're feeling, right? I feel horrible, but at the same time, sort of like I've gotten the kick up the ass, you know, like you were saying at the start, you need someone to, I need someone to, um, I feel sad and at the same time a bit of hope that I can still fix things, which is something I really, really want to do. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I think that you have a lot to offer him. I think it's going to take a while to convince. But I think I think you have a lot. You're a big-hearted guy, right? Like, I mean, I just pulled off this little imaginary speech and, like, it hit you like a hammer. And that's, that's big-hearted, man. That is, that is deep. And that is, that, is, that is heartfelt. And that is noble. And he'd be lucky to have a smart, committed, compassionate guy in his life. Is there anything else you wanted to mention now, or are you just thinking of your brother, right? Yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. All right. Will Will you let me know how it goes? Yeah, definitely. Will you accept my thanks for a really great conversation and great listening? Uh, Yeah, of course, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time. Anytime, brother. And, uh, Anytime. You definitely, definitely, uh, you know, maybe, like, do you have some more time or do you need to go straight away? Well, I mean, it's been an hour and a half. And so yeah. what I would say, sorry, we did end up losing connection for some reason or another, but I really wanted to thank Bob for his uh, conversation and I hope people will take this message. You know, if you've wronged people, do your best to reach out to them, do your best to apologize, and you can get some wonderful things out of that. You can get a greater trust than if the wrong had not even occurred in the first place. So again, thanks everyone so much for listening and for watching. And please help out the show if you can at freedomainradio.com forward slash donate. That's freedomainradio.com forward slash donate.